0: Jim Rohn said it best. It's very rare or very seldom does a man's income exceed their level of personal development. That's pretty profound. So if you want to be a millionaire, have a millionaire mindset and watch the dollars follow. We're rolling. Welcome to the House Dudes Podcast, where we invite you to
1: follow us on our journey towards financial freedom using the power of real estate. I'm Jack
2: Haas. And I'm Josh Koth. Here at House Dudes, we believe in a couple key principles. Number one, the best way to retain information is by teaching it to others. And number two, a rising tide lifts all boats. We're not competitors. We're a community. So let's get into some real estate investing.
1: You know, you, you said time can kill deals. Sometimes time can resurrect deals, too. Sure. I've, I've had, I can't tell you how many times now where we've gotten a wholesale deal because i It wasn't a good fit at that time, and but yep. I just
0: keep following up to just see if something has changed. You know so true. So true. and that's that's the key, right? follow up. Um, if someone's if someone's ready to go, I should say time can kill those deals, but there are people, a majority, vast majority, they're not ready right now. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean forget about them because seventy five percent of all of our deals, if you said, Cody, I want to know July of two thousand and eighteen how many deals came from on the spot? How many deals came from follow-up? It doesn't matter what month you tell me or what year, 75% to 80% of every one of our deals come from follow-up. And so, yeah, time in that way, like work those leads. So many times we're so worried about spending more money to get more leads in. And I tell you, there's more students or more people out there that I talk to that they're bringing in too much opportunity. And too much opportunity doesn't lead to more deals. It simply means, less opportunity because they don't know what to do with all the opportunity handed to them. So just do very few leads a day. You only need anywhere from three to five leads a day. If that's all you got every single day, you're doing fine. You've got plenty of leads in your hand to be working. And like you said, time can help you in that way. And when you do follow up, don't make it about the deal. Don't make it about the home. Make it about something unique. Maybe Jack, if you were a seller and you're like, Hey Cody, um, sorry I can't talk today. My dog broke its hip. My mm-hmm. follow up wouldn't be, Hey Jack, I talked to you about your house the other day. You still looking to sell your home? My follow up would be, Hey Jack, um, last time I called for whatever reason I just started thinking about you. You said your dog broke its hip, and I wanted to see how did it, how how are things going? How's your dog doing? Oh well, they end up doing surgery. This 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 this. Gosh, for whatever reason is like I saw this guy walking a dog down the street, and I was like, I've got to call Jack because Jack had a dog that broke his hip
1: yeah no and that's that's talking. a great point, you know um you know that that just kind of leads you know when I'm talking to sellers, um you know, I'm five, ten minutes into the conversation before we even start talking about the house,
0: <laughs> yeah yeah we we have a minimum rule, just so you know our rule is thirty minutes. You cannot talk about the house for thirty minutes. We're all about rapport, rapport, rapport slow them down. Um, how many times have you, gone <laughs> have you gone into a house and the seller just wants to speed you through? Like, okay, let me show you the bathroom. Okay, let me show you the kitchen. We slow them down. We'll start walking up the stairs. and We'll be like, oh my gosh, that's a beautiful picture. Where's that taken at? And we just slow them down. Oh, yeah. we love Moab too. That's one of our favorite places. I love that red rock and that arch. In fact, I love it so much that that's the license plate I picked for my Utah plates. And man, that's beautiful. So when did you go down to Moab? And we slow them down, yeah, and then they no. say, what well, went down there because my mom—that was her last year before she died." We don't say, "Okay, let's go look at the bathroom." It's like, "Oh, really? You lost your mom just last year? Ah, how's that been?" And we slow them down. So, no, that's, that's that, that. No, that, and that's a great point. Slowing,
1: slowing it down because you know mo- a lot of people call in just to look for a number. That's right and more time more times than not they're not a good fit if they're just looking for a number um and in fact, you know that kind of leads me to talking a little bit about that you know getting through that hurdle and starting to feel comfortable talking to people or sellers for that first time, yeah you know um uh you know those people that call in, I actually see those as practice for a lot of people because. Yeah it's a great opportunity. I still call those back even though I know where this conversation is going to go. And heck, I I usually call back those people that call and tell me, you know, F off, don't. Yeah, go pound sand. <laughs> go Yep, go pound sand. Um, stick, you can stop, you know, I, I'll call those pe- people back. Um, and more times than not, you'd be surprised that half the time, it's not a good fit for them, but uh, more times than not, I, I'll run into somebody who will say, you know, I'm not selling, but my neighbor
0: is. Yeah, that's right. Even the oh. ones that tell you to pound sand, I like to make friends out of them, not enemies. Oh my gosh, Jack, I, I know this caught you at a bad time. I appreciate you being bold enough to call me out and, and I, I, it doesn't offend me one bit. Thank you for calling me. So it sounds like it's not a good fit. Do you know anyone else in your neighborhood looking to sell mm-hmm. their home at this time? Every conversation can lead to something else.
1: Yeah. And I've, I've even called and just apologized. I'm sorry that, uh, that caused such an uh, offense. You know, I, I didn't mean to cause so that type of turmoil.
0: Yep. Um, yeah. But then I asked, Hey, what's your name? So I can move from this. Well, you have it. So just remove it. I'm like, if I don't have it, you're going to get another melt piece in six weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yep.
1: Yep. So yeah, more times than not, those end up leading into turning into something. That's right. And they're a great great exercise to talk to somebody. Once you can start talking and turning those type of people around, you can talk to almost anyone.
0: We've gotten deals from those people. like That's why I share that. Yes, they're not interested, but they may know someone that's interested. So I think that's the thing is, are you willing to get past your fear? Call even the one that tells you to pound sand or F off and be like, Jack, I'm so sorry, man. I know this must've frustrated you. I I could hear it in the tone of your voice and I'd love to remove you from your list to fulfill that. It um, sounds like you're not interested. Do you know of anyone else in your neighborhood that could, that could use selling their home at this time? Oh, yeah. Sure. Well, Jim, down the street.
1: Yeah. So. And sometimes just them knowing, finding out that I'm a real person, that usually turns things around too.
0: So, so true. That's the thing is they actually feel bad. How many times mm-hmm. do you do it and you kill them with kindness and then they're like, Jack, I'm so sorry. I should have never used that language, man. Have a good day. Yep. And so. you're like, So you're you're
1: calling you're calling these people for the first time. They're potential sellers. Um, Could you give somebody a a quick like one line to like how do how do they start things off? And yeah,
0: yeah. In fact, Jack, at the end, unless you want me to tell them what they can do, they can also get a free script from me. I'd be glad to share the whole script. They can have it free of charge. Um, You're basically at the beginning. You have to just get to what's really important and it's not the house and it's not how many beds and baths. It's not what's been fixed up. It's the why. Why -hmm. are we selling the house? Like why would you call me on a 37 cent postcard? We all know 50 real estate agents. Every one of us know 50 realtors. All of our, some of us have 20 best friends that are are real estate agents. Mm -hmm. So why did you not call your best friends? Like why did you call on a 37 cent postcard? Now I don't ask it that way. So what I'll do is I'll just simply talk to them. So how I'd begin it is um, I'd just be like, hey, um, I know this might be out of blue. Now, if this is cold calling them, it'd be, I know it's out of blue, but have you ever, would you ever consider an offer at your home at 123 Main Street? And if they say yes, I always like to also hold back. And it's not like a power play, but it is, uh, I wanna see how interested they are. And so I love Mm -hmm. this question because you can start to see interest right out of the gate. And that is, sounds like I caught you in the middle of something, Jack. And if Jack says, no, 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 Like right now is a good time. That's also already a little bit level of motivation. Like, mm-hmm. oh man, I'm not, I'm not bugging them. I called them out of the blue and they're already willing to talk to me. There could be some motivation there. If they're like, yeah, to be honest, I don't have time and I don't see if I'll ever have time. That's also a sign that they're probably not going to sell their home too. Mm-hmm. And then I'll go right to the tell me a little bit about the house. And that's just because it's the question I need to ask so they know I'm calling about the house. But then my favorite question is, man, this looks like a nice home. Why are you even considering selling it? Mm -hmm. Act confused. You need to know the why. I don't care how many square feet. I don't care how many beds and baths. I want to know why you called me on a 37 cent postcard. And that's my favorite question. Mm -hmm. Looks like a nice home. Why are you considering selling it? Well, we want to move over to the next This. Well, I don't know if you, do you guys uh, listen to um, Chris Voss? Never. Spoke oh, yeah. To- mm-hmm. One of my favorite books. We're a student of that book and his handbook. And we're actually part of his Black, uh, Black Swan training group. Mm-hmm. And he always talks about how when you ask these questions, you just mirror them. So like, oh, we want to move to the next city over. Oh, move to the next city over. And then just sit there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then they start elaborating. Oh, yeah. So we're moving next city over because my parents live there. Oh, okay. Your parents live there. And then just sit there. All you got to do is repeat the last three, four, five words, period <laughs> the end. And then just sit there and then just keep elaborating on. And you'll see this work instantly. Try it today. And you'll see yeah. that they're like, yeah. And and then um, like right now, we'll be moving in with my parents while while um and they kind of stop for a minute and you're like, ooh, this went from a motivation two to a motivation six. They're moving in with their parents. And then I just start the conversation. You can ask them, oh my gosh. That's kind of fun. Do you like living with parents or is this something like temporary? And you can start going through that route. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they don't want to go that route. So maybe I try to assume the best and let them tell me the rest. So if so I asked you, Jack, how much money do you make? You'd be like, dude, none of your business. Mm-hmm. Cause it's not the right way to ask it. But if I said, mm-hmm. Jack, bro, every time I see you, you're driving a fantastic car. You look great. You must make like 500 grand a year. And maybe you'd come back and say, well, I I wish that was the case. I actually make a quarter million. Now, I don't know what you make. But what happens is when you assume the best, they come back and tell you the truth. They tell you the rest. So, I always say that in the seller situation. Oh, you're probably living with your parents because you're having a home built for you. That's assuming the best. And then they're like, I wish it was that. We're actually moving with my parents because my husband lost his job. Motivation five to a motivation eight. Book the appointment.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, what, what what's really something that I gotta call out there is a lot of people, especially when they're doing this wholesaling thing for the first time, they feel like they have to convince somebody of something. Where yeah. you're asking questions to allow them to come to their own conclusion.
0: Yeah, yeah. Too many sound like Charlie Brown's mom. It's like wop, wop, womp, womp, womp womp, yeah. womp, womp, and no one remembers it. I don't know what Charlie Brown's mom ever said in any one of those cartoons. Mm -hmm. Same thing. Every one of your competition is saying, we buy it as is. We buy it with cash. There's no closing cost. There's no real estate fees. Everyone says that. And ultimately, when you say that, it's Charlie Brown. It's like, womp, 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 womp. And then they don't even remember what you said. But if you said, gosh, you know, it's just, it's just my home's in a bad shape right now. I don't say, I don't try to sell my feature saying, oh my gosh, I can buy it as is. That's selling. What I do is, Jack, sounds like your home's in in, in rough shape. Would it, would it help if, and I always use if, I don't promise anything. Would it help if I could just buy it as is and you wouldn't have to fix it up? And then I let them say, oh my gosh, yes, that would be helpful. I don't sell my benefit. I ask if my benefit would be a solution. And sure. then they sell themselves like, oh my gosh, I like you. Because if you can buy it as is, this thing's a train wreck. All
1: right. Well, I, you know, this is going a lot longer than I, I planned, I, I warned you. So, I want to make sure that you're still good here because I still have some more questions for
0: you. You fire away, my friend. This is this is how we serve your audience the best. So, if you feel like there's some kind of value we can add, let's go. Okay. So,
1: another question I get a lot is, well, how do you determine what you offer?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That is a great question. And the easiest answer, and everyone hates this answer initially, but when they go out and do it, they realize where I'm coming from. Get it as low as possible. Here's why I say this. Here's why I say this. And I then you I were going to say that. If I can get four licensed appraisers, four licensed appraisers and say, each one of you guys give me the price of my home. How many prices am I going to get on my home? Four. And how many are going to be the same? None. Zero. And that's four licensed appraisers. So who am I to say what a home's worth? My goal is just get it as low as possible. And how do you do that? I use even Chris Voss training. He he calls it the anchor price. And so when someone says, if I know like typical value of a home, let's say fixed up ARV, which is after repair value. So once it's all fixed up, what is it worth? Let's say it's worth Mm 200,000. And they say, "Hey, I need 180 because it's got a little bit of problem to it." Hmm. I don't know if I could do 180. But what if? Again, guys, if 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 is not is making an offer without making an offer. What if what if I could do 100,000? And you should say something that literally punches you in the gut like, "Oh, like this is going to be so low that they're going to be offended by this." If you don't feel that feeling, You didn't go low enough. You Mm -hmm. should never be like, well, I could probably do 175, and like, weak, get that baby down, like 50 cents, go down. So, hundred, what, what if, what if I could do 100,000? And they're going to be like, ooh, Cody, dude, you're not even close. Well, there's my anchor price, but don't fear. No, no is the beginning of all negotiation. Period. Mm -hmm. The end. Always don't. You know, you never want someone to say yes. What if I could do 120? Yes, I'll take it. Oh, I could have got it for lower, right? Yeah. You never want to go. You want to go for no. No is the beginning of all negotiation. So I want to say something where they're like, nope, that's not going to work. Well, Jack, how close can you get to that number? And I just sit there. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
0: And we just start working it to where they're coming down on their price. I'm inching my way up. They're working their way down. I'm inching my way up. And that's how we call it a win win. They got me up from 100. I got them down from 180. We ultimately get it at 120. And now this is hypothetical, but my point is you can't give them their price. You've got to anchor low and work your way up, and you've got to work them down until you can get it as low as possible. So there's no math, there's no equation to it. If you wanted to like a simple version of it, I'd say a good ballpark would be take your lowest prices of homes that have been sold. Take three of them. So if you're in an area, pull it up and be like, okay, these are the three lowest sold prices. Add them together, divide it by three. That's your average. Take that average times 0.8. So we're taking the lowest comps, not the highest comps. We're taking Mm -hmm. the lowest comps and then we're going 80% of the lowest comps. That's a good ballpark.
1: Yeah, no, that's a good rule of thumb. You know, you've brought this up a multiple times here now. Uh, I think one of those exercises that people have to get ready for is being ready for, for silence and being willing to sit in that silence and letting them talk because it's, it team's great at this. <laughs> you, you just, you really have to just kind of let it hang there. Um, yeah. And one of the tricks that I've learned recently is, it, well, not recently, I've been doing it for over a year now. Yeah. Um, I've just gotten to the point where um I, if I'm in those type of situations and it just isn't coming together and we just basically I'm I'm almost on the way out the door and we're we're not getting anything signed I'll stop and just say, "You know, just now that it's all over, how close did I get?" And it typically reignites the conversation yeah. and I'm back into negotiation again.
0: Yeah. That's fantastic. I love that. That's a fantastic one. In fact, I hope everyone's listening to that gold gem right there. I'd be writing that one down and using that today. Fantastic.
1: Well, I appreciate that. (laughs) So, after they get it under contract, we're going to advertise it to our buyers list. Is there a way to market? Before that, I probably should say, um, is there a should people be concerned about documentation? Like what, what, the, what should they use associated with getting this under contract?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I would make sure that you sit down with like your real estate attorney on any state because every state's, that's the unique and the probably the biggest problem with real estate is every state interprets real estate law completely different. I wish it was something I could say, man, it's so uniform. So no matter what, here's the contract you use. It's just not the truth. So even in California, Southern California and Northern California use two different contracts and it's the same state and they different, they have different laws and how interpret it and how they interpret the laws. So I would always tell you, get with a license, like get with a real estate attorney, get one that's recommended by everyone. And I'd sit down and say, here's my goals. My goal is to simply put a home under contract and have the the opportunity to just simply sell or assign the contract for a fee and then me be on my way. What's the legal way of doing that in my state? Now, there could be some states where they're like, man, that's going to be tough. You're going to have to actually buy the home first. It's okay. There's hard cash lenders that'll lend for one day and then turn around and sell it to the cash buyer. Some people allow you to just simply assign it. You never have to bring money to the closing. So yes, check with a licensed, I shouldn't say licensed, just a real estate attorney and check with them. See if you can use like a, a version that isn't the real estate, like the board of realtors version for your state. If you can get away with something that's a simple one page, two page, awesome. That's gonna be fantastic. If you have to use like the realtors, the board of realtors, ours is called the RepC, Mm -hmm. REPC, call it real estate purchase contract. If you have to use the board of realtors contract, just make sure it's assignable. Utah's REPC or Utah's real estate purchase contract is not assignable. So now I'd have to add an addendum that allows it or makes it assignable. Sure. So I actually had a, a attorney draft up my own personal contract that I use Um, So those are the big things. If there's anything out there that I can tell you is every state's different. Check with the real estate attorney on what's the best way to do it. Whether that's your own version of a a contract or if you have to use the state contract, great. Just make sure it's assignable. And if not, what's the addendum that you have to attach to make it assignable?
1: Sure. So let's, we're going to start marketing it to our sellers. Like what's the best way to, to handle that piece? And then secondly, how do you, what's the dollar amount for that assignment
0: fee? Like how much am I going to make? Great, great question. Um, your, your buyers are going to, are going to determine that. So the lower you can get it, obviously the more you can make. Now, a lot of people think, oh man, you're making so much money on this seller. When reality is you can make a lot of money on the buyer too. So the reason why people could say, oh, we made 10,000, 15,000 or 20,000 on this deal it's a mix of getting at a good price and finding a cash buyer that's willing to pay top dollar for it. that's the That's the beauty of disposition. If you get that honed in, you can make great money in real estate. So what do we do? We market it out to our cash buyers, and let's say that same scenario, I get under contract at a hundred thousand on a two hundred thousand dollars home when it's all fixed up. Mm-hmm. I'm at fifty cents on the dollar. There's gonna be a ton of cash buyers that, yeah, I want it if I market the contract. Remember, I don't own the real estate. So I'm not marketing real estate. I'm not marketing the home. I'm marketing the contract that allows them to purchase the home at 123 Main Street. So if I market that at 160, now your, all your cash buyers are like, eh, it's no longer a deal. So even though I got it under contract at a great price, I, I market it to them at too high of a price. So what I like to do, I'd rather just market it low and get a ton of people saying, I want it. So Even though I know it's going to sell for, let's call it 130 to 145, I'm going to market the contract for 110 because what I want is I want 20 people saying, I want this deal. Why? Because it begins this feeding frenzy. They all go out to the property, they do the inspection, and they're like, I want this. And oh my gosh, Jack's here. We can't let him buy this home again. We've got to get this deal. This is ours. We're going to get this. So let's offer him 115. And then there's going to be other people like, ah, I bet you this thing's going to go for like 130. So let's go in at 135. Mm -hmm. Now, this is all hypothetical talk, but I want the most eyes on this. And so you can market that contract at a lower price than what you think you're going to end up. Because all you're going to do is just say, hey, suggested price is 110. And then 10 people say, hey, I'm interested. Hey, there's a lot of people interested in. So just submit your highest and best by this date. And then we just move forward. So that's that's that's
1: an interesting way of doing it because you know and and it could be the culture or something that we're battling we've tried doing that a couple times and it seems like um we end up uh nobody brings their highest and best you mm-hmm. know it's like somebody who will, they'll they'll uh they're slow to react or slow to s- submit their what they'll pay for it and then we end up selling it for what we marketed it for um, I'd say I'm, it's, worried. It's, I'm just wondering, maybe just the lack of the population or maybe our buyers
0: list isn't as big as we need it to be. So it depends. So we have 6,000 buyers mm-hmm. at any time that are getting marketed to. And so we have a lot of buyers looking at it. Um, the more you get, the more interest, obviously of people saying, yep, yeah, I want to come take a look at it. So that is definitely a big play. Um, so I would ask the person that would have those kind of struggles, look at your cash buyers list. If it's just a hundred, 500 under a thousand, I'd be like, Grow that baby, get that baby up, um, and make sure they're cash buyers. There's a lot of people that are not cash buyers that are on our list as well, and on many people's list, they're just they just add yourself to the list. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the that's the big thing. Make sure you have enough cash buyers, and then it's the training of the cash buyers at the beginning. Hey, I'm always going to send out the deals um, at the suggested price, and ultimately, if there's if there's quite a bit of interest, we just ask the same of everyone. We'll never disclose anyone's offer. We'll never disclose anyone's price. We're just asked that if if there's a lot of offers, we'll just tell you, Hey, we have a lot of interest. Just submit your highest and best. And then when it happens, it's like, they've already had the conversation. Now this is actually reality. You're just living to what you told them before you added them to the list. Sure.
1: So let's say where you, uh, you've wholesaled the contract to somebody. Like uh-huh. what's that next step then uh, you, when you hand
0: it off to them, you just give sign it over to them or do you uh, do so it? They take a, it to the title company, whether you're a title closing state or an attorney closing state, doesn't matter. But essentially your cash buyer is going to bring the difference. So if you put the home under contract at a hundred thousand and then let's say a cash buyer is willing to give $120,000. So what they'll do is the cash buyer will bring the $120,000 to the title company or to the closing attorney they'll bring the full 120,000. The seller will get a check for a hundred thousand. And then a check will be to me for the difference, the 20,000. And then I move on to the next deal.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, and then that's important to say too, um, don't wait for one deal to finish while you're working on your next one, but. Very true. Um, Very true. For some reason, that's another mindset thing that I've I found interesting that people seem to put all of their eggs in into one deal basket and then if something falls apart, they don't have anything else to go to.
0: You know, so it's true. just
1: this, it's it's like they can only, it's one, one deal
0: at a time or something. I'm not sure. Closing is not, receiving the money and closing is not, that's a lagging measurement. It's mm-hmm. not the breath of, it's not the oxygen of your business. Oxygen of your business is marketing and sales. If marketing and sales is not consistently happening, the lagging measurement of getting deals and closing and getting paid will never happen. And so you always got to work on the beginning measurements. What are, the, what are the, the actions you have to take? Not the lagging, not the lagging results. I don't need the lagging measurements of what's going to pay me. Like, oh, I want to get paid today. No, well, co- what are you going to do today so you get paid consistently? It's always going to be marketing and sales you've got to always have marketing going out every single week, not once a month. I'm, I'm a huge believer and a huge proponent of do not send out mail one week and then sit there for three weeks and work those leads and then send out another one four weeks from now. It's weekly. Marketing is going out weekly so that you have weekly conversations, weekly appointments, weekly offers, weekly contracts, weekly paydays.
1: Right. Now, I, I think that's probably a great point to start wrapping things up here. Perfect. First of all, was there any question that you wish I would have asked that I missed here today?
0: If anything that I would say, maybe just a, maybe a ribbon to add is give everyone the power that you can do this. If I can do this, I didn't go to college. I wasn't an expert over time. I've gotten good at what I do, but at the beginning I was so imperfect. Be willing to just take imperfect action. Don't build a perfect plan. Don't get stuck on YouTube university and just get into this announce-prouse like Jack said earlier today. Um, just commit to knowing that you're going to make mistakes and it's okay. It's mm-hmm. okay. Make mistakes. Learn from them. You're either going to win or you're going to learn. You're never going to lose. The only way you lose is if you quit and give up. You're always going to win or you're always going to learn. But mm-hmm. the only way that takes place is if you take action and you can't wait for perfect action. It doesn't exist. Take imperfect action. Sure. No, that's that's exactly...
1: So I, I did write down a couple things that I wanted to make sure that we highlighted here. Um, first of all, we, you mentioned that we, they better build that cash buyers list right off the bat. Yep. And and focus on that before you start getting properties under contract. I can't echo that enough. That's so important. Uh, you found that for your marketing efforts, direct mail and then online is, is probably the great way to, to kick things off. Um, and uh It's that persistent, consistent behavior that's going to pay off in the end. Um, Takes five to 12 times of those touches in order to to get somebody. So also that follow-up is is a big piece of it. Um, I really like that question, you know, uh, that you had when you were talking to sellers. Um, Basically, why are you selling to me? Why are you responding to a $0.35 postcard? That yeah. that was going to reveal a lot. We have got to get comfortable with that silence and get uh, get a little awkward sometimes. It's it's almost shocking what people will tell you uh, that they won't yeah. even tell their families. That's right. So hundred percent true. So I, Cody, I can't thank you enough. You spent uh, you've given me a ton of time of your time here tonight. If people want. We only tip, we touch the tip of the iceberg when it comes to what you know and what you offer, where yeah. would they find more information or just reach out and contact your team?
0: Yeah. So Cody Hoffine. So find me on social media, Cody Hoffine. Hoffine is spelled H-O-F-H-I-N-E. And then you can go to dot Um, That's where your guests, if they want a free script that kind of we just briefly touched on they can get a free script from there. So there's a little button that says you want the free script, click it, download it, get it, start using it, act upon it. Don't, don't wait, don't get scared. And that's again, that's found at codyhoffine.com. Go get your free script and hopefully that just helps people have some quality conversations with motivated sellers.
1: So no, I can't thank you enough, Cody. And we could have done another hour just talking about mindset sometimes. So maybe, maybe you'd be
0: open to that. I'd love to. Mindset is crucial. I think Jim Rohn said it best. Like it's, it's, it's very rare or very seldom does a man's uh, income exceed their level of personal development. That's pretty profound. So if you want to be a millionaire, have a millionaire mindset and watch the dollars follow. Well, thank you again, Cody. I hope we can touch again. All right. Take care, Jack. Thank you. Thanks.
1: We've put a lot of effort into providing useful content and if you've found value in the show and have any interest in supporting us with a small donation, head over to
2: patreon.com slash house dudes. And if you have any thoughts or questions, shoot us an email at info at house You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at house dudes. And if you like what you're hearing, head over to iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It really helps other investors out there find the show. And remember massive positive impact requires massive positive action we'll see you next time this episode is brought to you by HouseDudes.com. do you have time to actively manage flipping and rentals yourself if so go for it if you live in a market that won't cash flow or don't have the time to do all the work are you just out of luck if there was a way to participate more passively would that appeal to you I'm sure you have questions about how the process works and what to do next. If that's the case, fill out the form on housedudes.com investors, and we'll reach out to see if you are a good fit for our business. This is First Come, First Serve, and we will have to stop taking applications when our goals are met. See you at housedudes.com investors.